Alrighty, once again, we are here for another episode of Nuggets in Verse. Uh, except for this episode is going to be a little different because I am not hosting this uh, this episode. My wife, Stacy is actually going to host the episode. And this is something that she's been wanting to do for a little while as I have changed careers and uh, left my corporate gig um, of 15 years and joined in partnership with a couple of friends at Other Trails Coffee and Goods in downtown Excelsior Springs. So this has been a, a pretty dramatic change in my life, and uh, there was a lot that went into it, and I think Stacy, rightfully so, wanted to uh, explore that on the podcast and, and kind of... Uh, turn the tables on me a little bit. So that's what this episode is. And uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. This is Nuggets Inverse. I'm your host, Philip Shear. I have long-form conversations with entrepreneurs, athletes, working folks, and anyone with a story to tell. I hope you find your nugget of truth or inspiration in this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Nuggets and Verse. You're hearing a little bit of a different voice this time starting off the podcast. This is Phil's wife, Stacy, and we're turning the tables a little bit today. So Phil recently underwent a pretty major career change after 15 years of his previous career. And I think there's a lot to unpack here. So we're turning the tables and um, I'm interviewing Phil today for his podcast. So um, as most of you probably know. And for those who don't, Phil is now business partner and operations manager at Other Trails Coffee and Goods in downtown Excelsior Springs. There's a lot going on in downtown Excelsior Springs. Um, it's the, the story has really changed over the years. There's, there's a lot to be excited about and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into that, but Phil is now doing that after spending 15 years at the Home Depot. So today we'll we'll kind of walk through Phil's career, what led to this change, and uh, what the future looks like. So, welcome, Phil. Thank you. Thanks for joining it's the nice podcast. Nice to be on my own podcast. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, letting <laughs> me turn the tables here. Yep. So let's let's kind of just talk real briefly about what you're doing now, and then we'll. We're going to kind of go backwards also. So um, I do want to talk about where everything started with you, but let's just start out by telling everybody what uh, what's happening now with, with other trails and, and what your, your kind of new vision is for your career. Sure. So um, I've, I've thought about this a lot lately. Um, I actually was recently thinking about... Um, a conversation I had with Jody Passage and Linda and Jody um, are who founded Other Trails Coffee and Goods, um, live here locally, and um, have been a part of the kind of active lifestyle of Excelsior Springs. And I remember going to um, the Fishing River Run Club um, at one point, and uh, maybe a few years back. And this was before other trails existed. And I think we were at Dubious Claims Brewery after a run. And we were kind of sitting there. And, and as I always do, I'm just sitting there like 
spewing all of my crazy ideas and things that I would like to do. And a lot of that happens yep. from time to time. Yep. Phil, Phil's ideas. Yep. Trademark. And, uh, I just, you know, we were sitting around talking about those things and they usually involved kind of going into business some, in some sort of fashion on Excelsior Springs and, and Jody kind of is somewhat like-minded and, and now he talked to, was at the time talking about opening a business and, and I guess I didn't realize just how serious uh, they were. And then eventually uh, I found out that they bought uh, 115 East Broadway. And uh, um, I think they kind of went through a few iterations of what kind of business they were going to open, but they uh, landed on a coffee shop. And uh, at the time, I was just, just crazy happy for them and excited that uh, Excelsior Springs was going to get this, get a coffee shop downtown, which it desperately needed because another one had had, uh, had moved on and, um, yeah, I was just, I was excited for them and it was cool to see them kind of, kind of grow and, and, and kind of gain footing downtown. And then, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a year and a half goes by maybe. I don't, when did, you know, when did Linda and Jody and I start talking about maybe me coming on board? It's probably about a year ago. July yeah. or August. Maybe we were from what I remember. We kind of maybe kind of loosely yeah. almost started out probably just kind of joking about it. Like, hey, like we kind of could use some help and and uh and I didn't probably take that seriously at the very beginning cuz um like I like I understood that, you know, they're a small business and uh and you know, I've it would be difficult for me to to walk away from my career and all that I've built there. And uh, so it didn't seem like something that was super possible. And then as time got, went on, um, other trails continued to, to make um, headway downtown and, and their business continued to grow. And I think that question gradually got a little bit more serious over time. Like the, it was, you know, it, the, the talk um, went from just kind of some banter to like, it, you know, maybe this is, this is possible. And then, um, we talked many times, I think, um, over the coming months. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just was like a slow build to like, okay, like this could actually happen. This could actually work. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, the last three years have, have been really challenging for me at work. Um, from a personal standpoint, just having uh, time to spend with you, time to spend, you know, here with the dogs and do, you know, the things that I love to do, like gravel racing and and this podcast and things like that. And so, the, you know, the more that come momentum built, um, the serious the discussions became. So a little long-winded there, but... So let's, I'm going to, I want to take a step back here real quick because you were mentioning, um, you know, your personal life and, and some of the things that you wanted to be able to do. So, you know, we moved to Excelsior almost eight years ago now, or a little over eight years ago now. And, um, a lot has, has happened and changed with our friends group and, and the things that we're involved in in Excelsior. Immediately when we moved to Excelsior, we were, we were part of what's called the Fishing River Running Club. Um, which isn't this exclusive club. It's just what we call ourselves. 
every week we would meet at Dubious Claims. Sorry, every Wednesday night, meet at Dubious Claims Run, Dubious Claims Brewery, sorry. Another small business in Excelsior that our friend Neil owns and runs. Um, we'd run, come back to Dubious, and um, just hang out, have dinner with everybody. So um, that, that whole group became really good friends. And um, over time... We, you referred earlier to Phil's ideas. I'm going to put that in quotes or imagine Phil's ideas in bold with like the registered trademark after it because Phil's ideas are, are pretty famous. So over the years, I think you threw out a lot of Phil's ideas during our dinners at Dubious Claims. For sure. Yeah. I'm probably... Do you remember any of the crazy ones? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've talked on, talked about them on the podcast before. Um and everybody would always jokingly egg you on it's, to do to do them. I I worry that it gets kind of annoying. Like I, you know, I'm just it's just, but I can't help it. It's like a disease. Um, I mean, I'll I'll be mid conversation with somebody about something, and and an idea will just pop into my head, and like I I can't help it. I just have to say it. Um, and I'm in full knowledge that. Um, I'm in full knowledge that a lot of these ideas are like not good. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but they, they, you know, they, they just have to be like vocalized. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know where it came from, but it's just something that I, that I just can't control really. So, well, so that's, that's, you know, one, one activity that we're involved in and we'll, we'll talk a lot more about the folks in, in the fishing river running group, but, um, cycling is also a huge thing in, in your life and our lives. And it was the cycling is actually how we met, um, mm-hmm. just to talk about that on the podcast yeah, and doing a similar thing. Like we, we were meeting with a friend's group, um, every week consistently on the same day. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah. And you and Jody actually started the Excelsior cycling group. Correct. That was your and Jody's idea. Yeah. Um, my recollection of it is <laughs> that um, that it was that was kind of talked about, like getting like a consistent ride going. But it was really Jody who just said to me one day, like, like let's do this, mm-hmm. like let's get it going. Can you start a page? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I literally probably made up that name on the spot, like Seltzer Cycle Social. Um, cause you know, I wanted, it, it's a social thing. Right. And, uh, and, uh, probably I think I made the page that day and, uh, and yeah, so Excelsior cycle social, which is really hard to say, especially fast, uh, was born, but yeah, I, I would credit Jody with, with, with that. Okay. Okay. So, so we'd meet every Tuesday night and ride and uh, a number of us meet on weekends as we can also to ride. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that we didn't know that we now know pretty well yeah for sure because of that group yeah there was kind of like a lot of people kind of like uh there were a lot of people just out there cycling on their own um and and that and nobody really knew each other super Mm -hmm. well and um and kind of through excelsior cycle social and you know i would probably credit uh opal wapu for for you know the, the gravel race that we put on a lot for this too, but um, especially um, Excelsior Cycle Social, like really kind of like like brought in that whole group together, and then you know it's 
kind of a beautiful thing because you see all these friendships that have uh, formed out of it um, um, that really weren't there before. Mm-hmm. And suddenly um, there's this, this great friends group. And then you see like other individuals who have formed these like friendships and bonds and ride together outside of our normally you know, normal ride um, ride day. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really cool thing. Okay. So I would agree because I've benefited from that as well. Yeah. And we'll talk about this shortly. I've unfortunately benefited from you or benefited from it a little bit more than you have. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that here in just a few minutes, but yep. before we do, I want to kind of tie in. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about a third activity and that's Opawapu. Yep. We we've talked about it heavily on this um, podcast, so we don't necessarily need to go into the sure. details of it. But you and I like to ride gravel races. How many people do we know from the Kansas City area and even beyond that we go to these gravel races and it's just a social event. We see people that we know. We go out and ride and see awesome terrain and new areas. And we're on our bikes. Anytime you're on your bike, you just you feel like a kid. We love it. It's mm-hmm. great physical activity. Um Almost every weekend in Kansas City, you can find a, a group ride. You can just sure. go ride with friends. Um, there's gravel races all over the place, and Max feels really strongly about this, too. Um, and Alfie. So we just talked about you know all, all of the activities that, that happen on, on weekends, whether it be group rides, races, you name it. Fact of the matter is, you haven't been able to do a lot of them over the last few years, have you? No, it's been really tough. Um, the uh, you, you know cycling is kind of part of our identity as as a as a couple. Um, it's it's for sure a, a part of my personal identity. Um, it has been really my whole adult my adult life. My friend group has has largely come from from cycling and. Uh, you know, it's just been, it's really been a challenge the last uh, three years. And I think to live a healthy, healthy lifestyle, like mentally, um, physically, um, you know, to foster good things in your life, it's, it's important to have consistency. And um, it's, you know, operating, um, having a disciplined lifestyle in a in an inconsistent, um, uh, environment is, is just incredibly challenging. And just quite frankly, I was failing at it. I was failing at being, um, present. I was failing at being, um, healthy and I was failing at being like, not, not to sound too grim here, but just consistently happy. Um, with this inconsistent lifestyle. So, um, and, and I'll kind of elaborate what that means a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, so, I think let's every small town has a universal meeting place and Excelsior Springs. That place is other trails, coffee and goods. There's no better place to have a cup of coffee, a latte or a fresh baked treat located next to the hall of waters on Broadway open six thirty to two Monday through Saturday. Coffee's on. Come on down. Let's define what, what, why exactly was your yeah. life inconsistent? Why couldn't you consistently join the weekend activities that? Sure. And it's love? not, it's not just weekends. It's, it's evenings, right? It's a lot of evenings. It's, um, 
It's uh, the time needed to prepare for the things that I love to do. And um, so, you know, I don't want to get like too deep into kind of the inner workings of my my prior career, but I can talk about it some. I, you know, I don't want it to come out negative because, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, great hardworking people who have to do those jobs, right? And I was one of those for for a long time. For 15 years, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but um, there could be a lot of different opinions of this, but when you, when you do what I did for a living, which I was um, a, a retail um, a manager, um, one, it's every day is a little unpredictable because you have to work to the expectations and you have to work to customers' needs. So it was, it's really difficult to define um, how long you're going to work each day. So um, depending on what happened in that day, you know, it, it could, um, ex- you know, extend your day unexpectedly, which would make it hard to commit to things. I mean, I truly had a difficult time committing anything to, um, you know, to training or committing to, you know, um, you know, social events and things like that. Um, and then, well, this, to start, you're, you're talking about how it's it's difficult to plan how long you were going to work in a day. You knew that you were scheduled for 10 hours every day that you worked. Sure. So just as a baseline, five days a week, you're scheduled 10 hours yep. a day. So, yeah. And then to, which, and if, may, which may go over mm-hmm. that 10 hours, correct? Yeah. It, yeah. And, and I would say on average, um, you know, some days it would just be, you know, an extra 15 minutes. But for sure, some days it would be an extra hour and a half. I, there were days that I would text you and say, you've been at work for 13 hours, come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for N- sure. Not, not that I'm like being negative or yeah. trying to force him to come home, but for him to be aware of how long he's, you, you've worked because mm-hmm. there, there's a limit to what the physical body and mind can do. At least that, yeah. that's my opinion, at least. Yep, for sure. And, um, and, and it's not necessarily the longer days, um, or like, like kind of the baseline of 10 hours, those things were, were difficult. Um, but the biggest obstacle is for sure the inconsistent back and forth schedule. So Mm -hmm. when, um, so, you know, I'll kind of just paint a little bit of a picture of a, of what a work day might look like. And then I'll, um, kind of throw in the unknowns that happen throughout a week. So, you know, on a, I'll start with Sunday because Sunday kind of set it all up. So, you know, traditionally, like on a Sunday, um, I would close, I would close the building and, um, explain what that means to close the building. I mean, I know that's pretty sure. So I'm just, I'm the, that mean, you know, how, how late were you there? That typically means that I'm the manager on duty. So like I'm, I'm running the show, um, until we close the building. Um, you know, there's at what time would that be on a Sunday night? On a Sunday, yeah, 10 o'clock in the springtime, it would be midnight. Um, So um, Midnight? You mean during the summer? Sure, because, yeah, in the spring and summer is our busy time of the year, um, mostly due to to our uh, garden business. So kind of like Walmart has has their busy time of the year is, is probably like Christmas. Uh, in the home improvement world, it's it's uh, 
spring and early summer because, um, you know, a huge chunk of our sales came from um, lawn and garden business. So, okay. so, so it would close at ten, either ten or midnight, sometimes uh, midnight, depending yep. on the time of year. But then that wasn't the end of your day because then you add on the hour drive home. Yeah, because so, the last two years you've worked at two different buildings, and both of those were close to an hour and then the other one yep. was a solid hour drive away. Yep. So, so now you add on a, an, an hour ish commute, um, depending on traffic, it could be a little less, more like 50 minutes to an hour, but you add on, you know, I would always give myself an hour. So I'm, I'm for sure like spending an, you know, an hour before my day starts, um, you know, for away from the home. So, so that was Sunday kind yep. of setting the tone for the week. And then what would your week usually look like so yeah i might get out of there at 10 i might get that at midnight so i'm getting home at maybe 11 or i'm getting home at one and then another thing i'll throw in there is i one thing that i struggle with is and i've struggled with this my whole life is um is staying uh kind of awake um while driving so um i'm aware of this yep it's it's a it's a it's a problem i've always struggled with it um and you know for many years Previous to Home Depot, I actually traveled and called on Home Depot. And in those years, um, I tried everything to uh, to solve that. And one thing I figured out was, one thing that I figured out was, if I munch on something, that is really effective. That was probably the most effective thing that ever worked for me. So, um, so now I'm driving home, and I'm probably going to stop and get something to eat. So... So you're home at one o'clock and what time would your alarm go off the next day? So on a Monday, um, I would, I would go in at nine. Okay. So your alarm would go off at 7am. Yeah. I'd probably roughly. get up at six, honestly. Yeah. Um, after you got home at one, now that's not going yep. to bed at one. That's getting home. Yeah. From Cause you got to wind down a little bit too. So, and so, so then you, you'd go in at, at nine and then you'd be home at, Eight o'clock that night? Yeah, I'd be home around eight o'clock on Monday. So then um, let's just say that I've got a Tuesday off, maybe. And then um, Wednesday, um, I'm going to I'm gonna go into work. Uh, my shift starts at 4.30 in the morning. So now I'm going to... So 4.30 in the morning, minus an hour drive. So you leave home at 3.30. So yep. your alarm goes off when? Uh, probably two forty-five. I mean, I realize I'm a, I'm present when yep. your alarm goes off. So but, so probably two forty-five or something like that. Yeah. So I go in, and then, um, and then maybe uh, the next day I have off, or maybe I turn around and close again. So now I'm gonna work till eleven o'clock at night, and then I'm gonna get home at midnight. And then the next day, I probably turn around and do a mid shift. And a mid shift is eight to six, nine to seven, nine to seven usually, or eight to eight to six. So leave home at eight, get home at eight. Yep. And then on Saturday, if who knows? And Saturday, I may close again. I may open again at five. So I mean, at four thirty. So you can kind of see. And this was never consistent. So every single week, it would be a different combination of. Incredibly early mornings, incredibly early, I mean, incredibly late nights, or like a combination of a late night into a mid shift, or, or, uh, 
you know, or a lot of my days off would be followed by a close, which, you know, I'd be home at midnight and now I have a day off, but now I need to, I, you know, you feel like you kind of need to recover for like the first half of your day off. So you don't really kind of receive a day off. And so I don't know the whole moral of this moral of this story, I guess, about my kind of inconsistent lifestyle is just when when you can't do things at the same time every day, if you can't build a routine, um, it just it it just gets out of control. Like I felt like really felt like my health was getting out of control. Like um, you know I you know I put on more weight in the last three years. Um, than I ever thought possible. I just, I was always felt like, I mean, I never felt like I was an incredibly fit person, but I, but I didn't feel like I could, could have ever gotten that unhealthy. Um, you've finished a number of a hundred mile gravel races. Sure. You're, you're, you've been fit. Sure. And, and I, you know, I've ridden enough in my life that I can, that I can still go out and, and, uh, and do a long ride, but I'm not, doing it in a particularly, you know, comfortable fashion, right? I don't, I don't feel great about myself from a fitness standpoint. Um, well, uh, just to kind of add in a little bit for me, I, I work Monday through Friday, um, eight to five. Of course, I, it's mm-hmm. never a straight 40 hours. I usually work a little bit over, which is completely fine. But I have that consistent schedule. I'm home every week, every evening. I'm home every weekend. And um, it, Phil's work was never like a problem for us personally. It was never a, I mean, yep. I, I'll, I'll explain it as a, it was a strain, sure, yep. but never anything like between us, if that makes sense. No, nope, you've but, always been very understanding. Let's let's talk a little bit about these activities, though. So we we ride bikes, right? We we love to ride bikes. Um, we have this new coffee house in town. Um, Sometimes there'd be plans to meet on a Saturday at other trails and go on a ride and then hang out and have coffee afterwards. Um, There's a ride that I did on a Sunday this summer where I joined a group of friends and it's called the Lily Ride. And we rode from Excelsior and toured people's houses where they had food prepared for everybody at each stop. And we went to fish market and I remember you texting me during that ride and I almost felt bad telling you what I was doing. Yep. Because I'm out on these rides. Well, so while I'm out on these rides, I'm also aware that Phil's not and that Phil would love to be on those rides. And and that's that's over the years been been kind of hard for me to see as well. Um or even trying to plan races. If we planned races enough ahead of time, he could figure out how to have that Saturday off, but training and being prepared for that race in a way that that race mm-hmm. was enjoyable for you was something that I, I saw as being difficult over time as well. So, um, you know, while my schedule is consistent, Phil, Phil's was not. And so doing the activities that we'd love to do, just it, it seemed to become increasingly difficult. Sure. Over well, time. and you were training for Unbound and I knew how big of a deal that was. That was a, you know, it's a bucket list race for most people. You know, you're training to do a 200 mile gravel race, and um, like I want to be supportive of that, and I want to be, you know, part of your success. And I, you know, I really couldn't be. Like you would, I, I know there was a, you know, there was a day that you went out and rode, um, you know, you rode the, you know, the previous year's Opawapu 100 mm-hmm. mile route, yeah. and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't ride that, I couldn't ride that with you, and 
it's a little every time like you would go, you know, out on a social ride or go on a training ride with other people, like it would be a little bit of a kick in the gut that, you know, that I couldn't be there with you. And um like I this is kind of stupid, but you know, I would think about, you know, our friend group and I would think about maybe even people we know casually that that you may have been out on rides with um, in groups. And I would like have this thought, like, like, what do these people think of me? Like, here I am. I'm not present. I'm not supporting you. I'm not um, a part of your training. I'm just missing. And my, my fear was always that people didn't understand um, why I wasn't there and that possibly I wasn't, you know, making, um, you a priority. Um, so I would, that would always, you know, that'd really bother me for sure. Okay. So we painted a little bit, little bit of that picture. Um, obviously just some kind of tough for Phil at times seeing that. And, um, but the thing is, is he showed up every day. You know, he, I, I watched him day after day, put his everything into his work because that's the type of person that you are. Um, you just, you're, 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 you're dedicated. And, and I mean, yeah. you, you just, you went every day and just gave everything you had at work. So, um, but so just to kind of unpack that a little bit, that's, that's a little bit of what the last few years have, have done to you. And that, that kind of came a little bit to a crescendo, it seemed, mm-hmm. um, over time, but what, what, what did that do? How did that lead you to considering moving on in your career? Because you, you considered moving on to something different in your career for a little while, right? Yep. Um, not, meaning not business ownership necessarily. Sure. Well, and I, I do want to like say one thing before I answer that question. And that is, um, you know, I've seen, uh, studies that say that, you know, um, retail management is one of the most stressful careers, um, there is. Um, but I'm also, you know, I also was not a police officer. I was also, you know, a lot of people do really hard things, um, really stressful careers, um, and physically demanding careers, um, and careers that require a lot of travel. So I, I do want to say like, um, I, I get a little worried about sounding like poor me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely some poor me, um, when I, when I talk about it, but I also realized that, you know, I'm a hundred percent was, was never alone in, um, in kind of that, those circumstances, there's a lot of people in those circumstances. Um, some who, th- who thrive in that situation and are, are happy to do it. Um, and, and some who, um, you know, that really struggle with it. And, and for me, the struggle really came in, in the last three years. So to answer your question, like, how did I get from, how do I get to this, this place where I make the change? You know, I think again, in the last three years, you know, for numerous reasons, um, you know, we discussed, um, a change for me and we discussed, um, you know, when you work, when you work somewhere for 15 years, um, when you have built a reputation, when you've 
really committed yourself. I mean, with that comes some, some financial success as well. And, um, you know, but there's also a lot of like challenging things about, you know, how does this skill set translate into another skill set? And so, um, I did, you know, over the last three years kind of start, um, kind of searching a little bit. Um, is there somewhere else I can take my skill set um, that gives me a little more consistent life? And I kind of the conclusion I came to was, yes, there is. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a good job market for for employees um, currently, but <clears throat> um, but it wasn't going to be easy. Um, you know, it was going to take some real. Um, probably like a prolonged search and it was going to take, um, finding just the right situation where, um, somebody felt like, you know, those, those skills would translate well. So, um, so I definitely have pursued a few, um, opportunities, um, over the last three years. And, and your main goal yep. there, I'm assuming was work-life balance, correct? It, yep. Worth work-life balance, a hundred percent. And, um, and I think all three, you know, there were three specific ones where, um, you know, one that I kind of backed out of bef- um, as it was starting to get serious because I felt like the, the work-life balance trade-off was, um, wasn't going to be much of improvement. And then there were two others that, you know, I re- was really excited about and, um, you know, made it um, to, um, you know, final interviews um, and, and I think, you know, in both of those situations where I wound up was my skill set transfer, um, you know, just wasn't um, clear enough for those employers um, to choose me. But, um, but I made really good cases, right? Like, like we had extended conversations. And, and so um, I just understood that. Um, it was going to take a real commitment um, to to move industries, right? And uh, or just take something extraordinary to to, to justify sure. moving because yep. because <clears throat> pardon me, you weren't so desperate to move that it because there were a lot of pluses about where you were and how long you worked sure. there and the tenure yep. that you had. So it wasn't necessarily easy to move away, but mm-hmm. but then I remember. Almost two years ago, we went to Of the Earth Distillery with Jody and Linda mm-hmm. and had had some bites and some drinks and talked partnership, but nobody knew what that would mean or what it would look like. And I think we left that conversation more confused than ever. And it was a while before we talked again, but that's that's almost where the idea was born. So yep. how, how did you, what, what, what went through your mind after that first conversation? Um, I... Probably that, probably that, although it was really intriguing, it was something that I would love to do. Um, I, I had concern that, um, you know, when I had financial concern, what, you know, you know, could I make enough money doing it? Um, two, would I be a burden on Linda and Jody's new business? Um, and then, Although we were having a real conversation, I think in my heart of hearts, I just didn't like believe I could be 
so fortunate and so um, deserving of an opportunity like that. Um, I kind of, you know, I went, you know, it was a process because it, it went from, okay, you know, what, how can I change careers to have a better work-life balance and still do something that, you know, wasn't my passion in life. You know, I've always been good at, I've always been good at being passionate about whatever it is I'm doing. Um, but it's not necessarily, um, what I would want to be doing. And so it was, I I think part of it is our generation too. Like I, like it just seemed like too big of a dream, um, to get to go do something that I would love to do. Um, and, and just quite frankly, be able to support myself. Um, it seemed like too big of a leap. And, um, so, you know, we kind of kept talking and I kept thinking about it and, you know, you know, we had endless conversations to exhaustion sometimes. And, um, you know, and also the more I listen to people out in the universe, um, who have led successful lives, you know, a theme that I kept hearing was find something that you love and pour everything into it. Um, um, life is short. So, you know, like before it's too late, you've got to take a risk, um, to have what you really want. Um, as you continue to have these conversations, quick hit, what was the number one thing that excited you the most thinking about doing this? Like if I do this, here's what I get to do every day. What's, what was the kind of the coolest part that you imagined? Well, the cool thing to me is it really wasn't about what I was escaping. It was about. Correct. But what about your days? Did you imagine coming up that you like excited you? Um, that I got, that I would get to be a real, a real player. I'm trying to word this correctly. A real player in, um, Excelsior Springs community in, in specifically the downtown community, which is just something that I've come to just really love. This Um, may be a hard question to ask as we sit here because you're two weeks into this. Do you feel like you're a player in the Excelsior Springs community? Man. And I already regret the word player. Like (laughs) I, like I, that, that's not what I mean. Um, what I mean is, um, that I'm having an impact on, um, what's happening in my community you know, through my, through this, um, through this business. Right. Um, I'm, I can take all of, not all of these, but I can take a lot of these ideas I've had and I can actually nurture them and, um, make them a part of, um, of our business at other trails and, and, uh, and as a byproduct, um, enhance, um, downtown Excelsior Springs. So. Well, and you've also ridden your bike to work a couple times, few times, few times. Um, yeah, still kind of figuring that out and we're kind of getting into the, the cold times of the year, which I'm probably not going to do it a ton, but, um, 
but yeah, it's it's just it's great that I can it's great that I can ride my bike to work. It's great that if I drive, I'm, I'm it's literally two miles and two miles downhill uh, to the shop. Um, you know, the couple times I've ridden my bike to work, or even when I drive in, I take that uh, right hand turn on Saratoga and that left hand turn on on Broadway, and like I instantly just get like a warmth that comes over me um, when I when I drive in to the shop. Um, you know, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, never felt that way um, about going to work at Home Depot. Um, I felt like I was doing something responsible. I felt like um, I was fortunate to have a uh, a stable career that paid well, but I never felt, and, and maybe this is, you know, I just never felt this, like this warmth in this, just um, this, it's probably not totally fair um, because there were some things that, you know, were inspiring about working, um, about doing what I did, but, but I just really feel like this sense of purpose now. And it's exactly what I expected. I expected to feel a sense of purpose and, but I was, I was hoping I was right. And it's, it's even more. Um, I, I really do feel like I have the sense of person. It's, it's, it goes beyond, um, you know, the coffee shop. It goes beyond lattes and coffee and, and smoothies. And it, there is, you're building memories, you're building history. Like there on our wall is this frame and it's got, um, like, and I'm in, I kind of into Excelsior Springs uh, history, right? And on this wall, well, there's and a frame. Right? Yep. And on this wall, there is a, a frame and it contains um, a whole bunch of uh, matchbooks from businesses in Excelsior Springs. Um, cause businesses used to hand out matchbooks. It was a thing, right? <clears throat> um, and a lot of those businesses that are on those matchbooks, you know, aren't there anymore, but they were fixtures in Excelsior Springs for a very long time. Um, and a very long time ago, some of them. And like, that's history, right? Like those businesses, had an impact on the community. Those impacts, those businesses were a resource. Um, you know, they, they played a role in people's everyday life. Um, they, they meant something. There were people behind all those businesses. There wasn't a ginormous, um, like corporate entity behind them. There was a, there were like individuals and individual families behind those, behind those businesses. And, and that's what I, why I think I feel so purposeful and, and inspired by being a part of this small business. Um, that, you know, if you come into the shop, you'll see it, right. Come into the shop, um, especially at specific times, but, um, you know, there are church groups meeting at, um, at the shop, there are, you know, there are, um, people come to the shop yesterday morning, a, a group came in, um, to begin to start their run for the day. Um, 
There's um, including me. Yep. You know, there's politicians that come in and speak um, to citizens. There are, you know, this whole wide range of activity that's taking place in the shop. And it's serving this like greater good. This, this, uh, you know, it's, it's really become other trails has really become the meeting place for Excelsior Springs. And there are others, right. But, um, other, some other really amazing businesses where people meet at too, but we, we have definitely become that. And, uh, um, it's, it goes way deeper than, than what, what the business actually is. Well, I recall the summer when we knew the change was coming up, but just hadn't made the final decision or the final call on it. You saying for you, this would be a lifestyle change. This wouldn't be a career change. Well, of course it's a career change. Sure. Not just a career change, but a lifestyle change. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. I've been telling people like, I don't, uh, I don't have a job anymore. I don't. I mean, I, I now have, you know, a passion, a hobby, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it has higher stakes, right? Cause it's like, nothing's guaranteed in a small business and you have to continue to, um, you know, I think we will have to continue to be consistent and reliable, but we'll also have to, we're going to have to continue to, to grow and, um, to build and expand on, on, on what we do. That's no question. But that doesn't feel like a job to me. Um, that feels like a mission. Um, but it, for you in your life and like your day to day life, like wh- what does what does this change do for you personally? I mean, aside from the the feeling of purpose and kind of what I've talked about already. I mean, I mean, obviously it 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 provides us time together. Um, you know. I mean, you're home every night. I'm home every, every single, single night. night of the week. Yep. Um, I I have I have consistency in my life for the first time, uh, honestly, in my adult life since we've known each other. Yep. Um, there have maybe been little flashes um, prior to Home Depot. I called on Home Depot as a sales and service rep, and there were you know short stints of time when I had some consistency. Um, but but yeah, we have real consistency now. Um, it's a Sunday. You're home. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm home every evening. Like, you know, I can, uh, like today we'll watch the chiefs game together. Like that was always like a bonus. Like if I happen to be off to watch a chiefs game, is this the first chiefs game that you'll actually watch on TV this year, this season uh, might be the first full. Well, no, you watched a little bit last yeah. week. Yep. Um, but so, it's but it's not just that, right? It's it's every Tuesday night I can go and and do Excelsior Cycle Social um, ride, and guess what? Like that's also plays into the um, to what we're doing at other trails. And then you know if I want to plan a pizza party, which I'm you know I, a lot of friends know that I'm into making wood fire pizza. I mean I can just do it. I don't have to like figure. I don't have to request a a day off three months in advance and, and worry that I'm still going to have to go to work at, you know, four thirty in the morning the next day or get off at midnight the night before I do it. Um, or worry that like something's going to fall apart at work. If I, you know, take that day off. Um, there's just so much, I mean, just my diet already. Um, 
So I've lost a, without putting a ton of effort in right now, I mean, I've already lost eight pounds um, in, in, in a couple of weeks, which is pretty phenomenal. And um, it's just, just because, um, my stress level is, is lower. Um, you know, all the stress I have now is good stress. Like it's not, um, it's not, um, you know, it's not like being like someone swinging a hammer at me every day and I'm, I'm ducking. Right. It's so yeah, means a lot. So something that I'm, I'm kind of excited about is, uh, this year I, I kind of changed a, or switched to where I'm riding bikes a lot more than I ever yep. have. And that's something that you and I have always done together. We've, we've always been social riders. Back in the day when we did our water rides with Craig and Suzanne every week um, to Ragbri, to some of our cycling trips where we've gone to South Dakota with our Ragbri team and stayed with Matt and Dacia, um Steamboat. Steamboat. I mean, we just have some incredible memories uh, with our cycling friends. And something I said to Phil, I I distinctly remember this a few weeks ago. Um, So we talked about the people that we've gotten to really know through our Excelsior Cycling Group. Every Sunday this year, most every Sunday this year, um, I'd ride with a small group, one person, two people, you name it. But it fairly consistently would ride with the happies, right? Mm-hmm. And Teresa, um, Jody would ride, um, some when he could, and they didn't have family activities, you know, give or take a few, but almost every Sunday, Brent and Teresa and see Brent and Teresa live a couple of miles from us. And for years we would see them walk down our road together, or you'd see Brent ride by on his bike, but we never really knew him. We knew he did our race the couple of years that we had Opawapu. Um, but when we started the cycling group, we, we just got a hold of him to let him know about it. And I remember he showed up that first night and then bam, you know, he mm-hmm. just, and, and we've gotten to know them really well. And so every weekend over the summer, I'm texting Teresa or Brent and setting up a ride for the next day. And I remember a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, you and I were talking about something. And I remember saying to you, I don't know if you realize that Brent and Teresa, like they're, they're friends. Like they're like, we, we tell them like there's things that we tell them now, you know, Mm -hmm. I, because I feel like that's something that kind of passed you, not meaning you're not friends with them, but like the, the the realizing that every Sunday, like I rode with them and when you're running or, or riding bikes with people for hours, like you just really get to know each other and, and, Anyway, so that's just that was just something that and and just the thought that you're you're a part of that now. I mean, you're going to be able to not, mm-hmm. not meaning you weren't part of it, but you're going to be able to do those consistent yeah. weekend rides. Um, and and also, not not to go back and dwell on the could have should have, but you know, every weekend there'd be some some days you'd be off on Sundays, but you may have closed the night before and you're so exhausted that you just you didn't want to fit it in. And yep. and I understood, but I'd go ride. Anyway, just, I mean, not that I didn't want to spend time around you, but, but I mean, we always have had that balance in our relationship and that, I, I don't think that's ever been an issue. Um, but anyway, that's the, you know, from a personal level, that's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to, to you being able to have in your life again, that, and even earlier this morning, we we're talking a little bit about gravel racing for next year. And of course, you know, gravel racing can't get too out of hand for you because, you guys are open on Saturdays, so you can't just mm. all of a sudden stop being there on Saturdays during gravel season. 
but you've got a little bit more flexibility now. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, I mean, we're now in, in a position where I can actually, you know, you know, plan on going to a gravel race, um, which that wasn't impossible in the past, but what I can do now is, is, is actually train for it, um, with consistency and, and have a plan in place. Um, you know, that, that's, uh, that, you know, that, that makes going to do a race a lot more enjoyable when you know, you're not going to suffer, um, from, you know, from mile 20 on. Right. So, so something that I've always known of you is you, you kind of have a creative mind and you need a creative outlet in life. And I watched you start the podcast and that was kind of a way for you to have a creative outlook or outlet. You used to play in a band. Um, you obviously aren't in a band anymore, but I don't really see you pick up your guitar super often anymore. Uh, making pizza that, that kind of became a passion project for you too. You, you for so long experimented and, and tried and tried different things and you make pizza from scratch. And among our group of friends, that's become a little bit of a folklore. When Phil has a pizza night, nobody wants to miss it. You've got this really cool pizza oven that sits on the back deck, a wood fired pizza oven. Um, I think we may have a pizza night here in about a week. Um, so I think there's some people already excited about that. But the theme is um, having creative outlets. And you had this creative outlet of this podcast, mm. even juggling that when you had that crazy busy schedule. Yep. So what did the podcast kind of do for you? Well, Mentally? I mean, I think, one, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. And I'm a huge fan of um, of individuals engaging in conversation um, in person. I think that's something that's lost a little bit in our society today. And, um, but the podcast was something I viewed as something I could squeeze in to my old lifestyle. Right. Um, I could just kind of make it work when it needed to work. It didn't have to be at a specific time. I could, you know, if I had a day off or an evening off or a morning off, I could just talk to a guest and, and see if they can, could make that work. Um, the time commitment's not not huge. I don't have to train for it. Um, but uh, the podcast is, um, you know, I, I actually hope to get some things out of the podcast. I hope to become a better communicator, a better listener. Um, I hope to learn more about people, learn more about people I know, learn more about, about um, topics and things that people do. I think it'll just make me a better person just in general. So that kind of sums up like kind of why I got on the podcast, but it was a big reason was it was just something that I could fit into my previous lifestyle. And now that I've had this change, it even fits even better, right? Cause a lot of our guests are locally focused. Um, and, uh, um, you know, we, a gentleman rode his bike to the coffee shop the other day and came up to the counter. He wanted an espresso. Not surprised at all that he wanted an espresso shot. Um, the and uh, he was riding his bike to um, to uh, Grandview. So if you know where Excelsior Springs in is, uh, he was he had a long ways to go. Where yeah. was he from? Where did he start? 
I don't think we got there. Okay. I don't think we, I don't, he, he, I think he may have, may work in town or has worked in town in the past. And so I don't know if he was on a casual ride or if he was actually like riding for transportation. Um, but he came up to the counter and we just started talking and he told me a story about um, being in the, in the Northwest on a ride and he was, you know, going to go to a pizza shop that he heard was, was really good. And he had had a long day on the bike and he went to the pizza shop and it was closed. And so he was so exhausted. He just laid down and slept on this wood deck that was at the pizza shop. And, uh, um, he woke up and just, um, there was like this terrible smell and he opens his eyes and there's a grizzly bear licking his leg. And, uh, it's more to this story, but, um, you know, he told us whole, this whole story about this grizzly bear encounter and I don't know who this guy is. Right. Um, and I should have got his number stupid me. Um, but I also think, you know, I will meet and talk to a lot of people at other trails who might wind up as guests on the podcast. Well, isn't there some official trans America ride across America route that comes right smack down Broadway where there's been a person or groups who are on that ride stop in at other trails. There is. So this is one really cool uh, connection to other trails. Um, So the Eastern express connector is a, uh, is a, is a route um, that you can find on adventure cycling and it, um, it makes some connections with some of the Trans-American routes, so people who are riding from coast to coast on their bicycle. Um, this connector runs from Indianapolis to, I want to, I'm not going to get the name of, the, of it right, in Colorado. Um, but I think my understanding is that connector's intention is to kind of bypass some of the most difficult riding on the Trans-American Trail, um, it kind of bypasses some of the stuff um, a little further out west that can be a little more challenging. Um, but yeah, it runs through uh, from Indianapolis um, right through Excelsior. Um, it actually used to go through Lawson, and they've actually altered the route now. I think they've figured out that there's a safer route um, mm-hmm. through Excelsior than, than there was um, from Lawson. Or that Excelsior is where it's at. That's true, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so there's been several people come through and stop at the coffee shop um, on those routes. So a whole family of five from Germany um, was riding across America and uh, stopped at the coffee shop recently. So that was pretty cool. There's also the USBR 51, I believe is what it's called. And this is a route that's currently under development. And I don't think it's official yet, but it's going to run. Um, and I don't have all the details correct on this, but. Um, it's, it's my understanding is running from New Orleans, um, Louisiana, um, from uh, from the south uh, all the way up um, to the northern border, uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and that's cool. that's also uh, comes right through Excelsior Springs, right right down Broadway. And uh, so, you know, other trails like Lynn and Joda, Jody could not have named the coffee shop a better name. Mm-hmm. Like what like awesome vision do they have? So right. other trails and it really just speaks to who they are. I feel like it speaks to who I am. It speaks to a lot of kind of the local folks who are into running ultras, um, 
cycling, um, all of those things, it really speaks to that that group. And there's there's really that tie-in at the shop, and you'll see that when you come in. There's uh, hiking uh, hiking maps on the wall, and we'll continue to add to that as well as the website and um, tie into the active lifestyle kind of kind of world. So. Yeah, so we, we've kind of meandered through, you know, a, a bunch of different really things. Really meandered. But um, there's a couple more things that, that I want to hit on, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Excelsior here. And um, it, 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 Most everybody listening to this probably know that I, I grew up in Excelsior. Um, you and I moved to Excelsior eight, over a little over eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I grew up and when I was in high school, Broadway was dead. The buildings were, you know, they're empty. There was a couple of businesses down there, but it was it was not thriving. We would cruise down Broadway in our cars in high school, but it was it was not the place to be. Um, and it seems around that time until now, Excelsior has clawed and fought back. So in the forties, fifties, sixties, Excelsior Springs was this booming resort town. Like I mean, just it was a travel town um, and, it, and it crashed, um, but it, it really fought and clawed its way back. And Broadway is is nothing like it was when I was in high school. It is full of businesses. It's full of cool street lights and um, downtown Excelsior Springs flags on the on the light poles and businesses and small businesses and buildings that have been redone. And it's really um it's really become a community of business owners also. Um, and there's places where I can go downtown and anytime I go there, I'm going to see people that I know. And that's usually the case at other trails. And that's not just walking in and seeing you and Jody and Linda, mm-hmm. but I'll see the Peeper Gerties. I'll see Daryl, you know, I'll see, well, yesterday I ran into a couple of running friends. Um, you just, you, you, it, it's a place that you go and run into people. And that, that really touches on, you were talking earlier, that it's kind of become almost the meeting place in Excelsior. So that's that in a small town, that seems to be a really important thing is if you can ingrain yourself in the community, kind of become a part of that community. And you just see that with a lot of the small businesses in Excelsior. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit and kind of just get your... Yeah, get your thoughts on that too, or if there's anything that you have to add to that. Yeah, I think I was, you know, so I grew up in rural Iowa, so southeast Iowa area. Probably the closest sizable town was was Ottumwa, Iowa. Um, um, I grew up in the country, um, and so I came from a, you know, a place where. In some similarities, you know, everybody knew each other when you were um, in those, when you were kind of out and about um, in small towns. And it was a tight, you know, tight-knit community because there's not a ton of people, so everybody knows each other. And um, when I moved to Kansas City, like, um, I definitely, you know, lost that, but I kind of replaced it with the cycling community. Um, was probably the closest thing I had to it. And then when we moved here, um, 
like, I don't know that I put a lot of thought into it. Like the house that we live in currently came up for sale. It was next to your mom. Um, it kind of allowed, um, it, you know, allowed us to have a little bit of property and a place that you could have your horses and it was, you know, next door to your mom. And, and, uh, so that was appealing to me. Um, just knowing that, you know, there's, you kind of need help sometimes, right. In life and, um, you know, taking care of animals and things like that. And, and, um, so we moved up here and I, I really did not expect this at all, but you know, how did I, I've wondered recently, like, how did we wind up going to Willow Spring Mercantile? Um, I vaguely recall that my, my sister Sarah knew about it and they had met the owners. I, I don't mm -hmm. know that they necessarily knew them really well, but knew of them because I remember one of the first times we went there and we met Jim and Daphne saying, I'm Sarah Dickerson's mm -hmm. sister. And, and that became a little bit of a six degree of separation. Yeah. Well, let me kind of explain Willow Spring Mercantile a little bit. So when you walk into this little shop downtown, um, upstairs is, it's a wine shop and it has some other things as well, but it's a, it's mostly a wine and spirit shop and it features only wines and spirits from, from, uh, Missouri, mm -hmm. which is kind of unique. But then in the basement is a, is a bistro and, um, like really like unbelievably good place to eat. And it's, there's something about, especially if you've never been there, there's something about like going into their basement to the, to the restaurant. Like you wouldn't necessarily know it's down there. Right. And, and it's, um, it's so good, but, um, beyond that, uh, Jim and Daphne, um, if you, if you walk in there and they're there, you, I mean, you're gonna, you're probably gonna, they're probably gonna greet you. They're probably gonna, you know, ask, you know, what are you doing in town? Um, and they're going to have a conversation with you. And, um, those two really like just kind of planted the seed for me. Like when I kind of realized what they had accomplished and, and just how genuine that place feels like when you walk in there, it just feels like it, it feels like Jim and Daphne. It feels just super genuine. And, uh, so, so, uh, you know, I, you know, would talk to Jim and, and Daphne a lot. And, uh, those two are, are, those are two people who left behind careers and like took a gamble on, on, uh, their own business and have had a lot of success and, um, they're just super inspiring people. And, and they w have always encouraged me, um, to take leaps. So specifically Opal, Opal Wapu was one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, it's good to have people in your life who encourage you to do scary things. Um, because, m you know, quite frankly, most of us, um, most of us, you know, live our lives cautiously. Um, you know, we don't want to, you know, up, you know, upset, um, our comforts in life and it can be scary, but those two, um, really inspired me right out of the gate. And then, um, you know, another place downtown Excelsior Springs is Ray's Diner, which, um, has been there forever, but uh, a couple of years back, um, 
from Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Um, bought Rays, and um, I kind of watched them kind of become fixtures in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, we eat at Ventana Gourmet Grill um, mm-hmm. all the time, and we've become like we've got to know one of the owners there, and she gives us a. We were there last night, and she set up a privacy. Uh, <laughs> privacy wall around us, just yeah. messing with us. So she kind of gives us a hard time every time we go in there, um, in a in a fun way. Um, it, you know, dubious claims. I mean, the 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 list goes on and on and on of 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 these small businesses that um, have impacted our lives and and they feel like comfortable places to go, and so. Um, you can't when you're, especially when you're somebody who has a have out of control creative mind like I do. You can't help but want to be a part of that, to want to to want to do that, um, to to be those people to other people. And so that's what that's the opportunity that I um, had with other trails was. So yeah, well, and something else that that I I feel like is becoming pretty prevalent with our generation is experiencing life like emphasizing life experiences going going and doing the cool things and going and doing the hard things and and uh do you feel like that's going to become more of a a thing for you again or or easier for you to do um now that you've got a little bit of i mean i've thrown my predictability hat. to your schedule yeah i've thrown i think i've in the biggest way of throwing my hat in the ring of like hey let's High stakes, but but I get to to be my true self, and um, yeah, you do see younger people. I think um, you do see younger people like just placing a higher value on um, on the experience of life versus the the creature comforts of life. Do you feel like you've been able to experience life in the last year? No, not really. Pretty limited. Um, now I feel like there was a really big buildup to making the change to other trails. We knew for a couple of months that it was Mm -hmm. happening, but it felt like we were harboring this gigantic secret that we were keeping from everybody. And like, it personally was this huge buildup, Mm -hmm. but, but, but now it's, it's here. Um, and we're less than, than two months, sorry, less than two weeks in, you just said you don't feel like you've been able to experience life in the last year, but less than two weeks, it almost kind of seems like it just, it's, it's, it's here, you know, mm-hmm. are you experiencing life yet? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've joked like so far, I mean, in these two weeks, it's been everything that I thought it would be. Um, and often in life, that's not how things turn out. Like, um, but, but it feels, this is a bad analogy, but it feels and tastes and looks just like I thought it would. Like What's, if you made, like if you made an awesome meal and, and you knew all the prep you put into it and quality ingredients and you put, um, um, and it, and it looks great when you played it. Um, that's, that's been my experience so far. It's, it's everything I expected it to be. And, um, and I just know that, um, like in a, in a way I've, I've got some real confidence that I know that I have what it takes, um, 
to to just continue and build and plus. So what's a micro moment in the last two weeks where you, where it may have crossed your mind of, I, I wouldn't have been able to, to do this or I wouldn't have been able to experience this two weeks ago. A micro moment. You hopped on your bike on a Thursday night, yep. two nights, what? Three nights ago. Yep. 5 30 PM. Brent came riding by the house, which happens, happened a lot over the summer right by our house and we go on a ride went out and did the excelsior gauntlet yeah much to your <laughs> not to put, not to put words in your mouth but, but just trying to give you an example that i saw yeah um yeah it's it's been real special and i think it'll continue to be um so let me ask you the question that everybody might be wondering okay can you talk about or want to share anything of what's to come at other trails hmm you can speak in generality sure. if you want. Um, build, build the hype. There's there's a couple of things that I probably don't want to talk about yet. Um, so we'll let that linger okay. in your mind. So there's a couple of things that I, um, you know, that I, you know, I'm hope, hoping we can make a splash with. So I don't want to say right now. Um, but one thing that I am working on, and I've kind of clu- um, have kind of uh, talked about this a little bit, is you know at other trails, you know, we're we're a coffee shop. We um, um, make fresh baked goods from scratch and have some food, and and um, we do a lot of really like great things from that standpoint. Um, but it's also um, kind of my vision and dream, and I I think um, with Linda and Jody as well as that there is this tie-in with the coffee shop to an active lifestyle and the outdoors and that's just kind of um emulates the the personalities behind other trails and so one thing that i'm working on um that i think will be a bigger deal than it sounds like when i talk about it right now which is to um do some work to provide resources to people who live here locally and people who are traveling here. And we have a lot of people who come to town um, via the Elms and for um, the numerous wedding venues and the numerous wineries and, and, and now uh, DEP downtown events. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have, have kind of figured out that Excelsior Springs is a little bit of a hidden, hidden gem or like, you know, they've, there's a, the secret is getting out that, that it's a great destination, uh, especially a regional destination to go spend a weekend. Um, but I want those people as well to, to know like, Hey, I'm, I'm in town and I need to get a run in, you know, what can I go do? You know, maybe I'm, you know, want to go ride some gravel, which we have incredible gravel roads around here, um, for cycling or I want to do a road ride or, you know, are there some local kind of underground challenges um, in the running and cycling community that I can participate in or the kind of list goes on and on anything outdoors, anything outside. I am definitely working on creating some resources for people to utilize, to do those things. Fishing river running club, Excelsior cycle social. I want to continue to put our arms around folks and pull them in to an active outdoor lifestyle. And I want other trails to, to, uh, to be a part of that as well. So, um, I think we're kind of getting to where we 
we've been talking for quite some time. I think we can talk all day about this, but um, one other thing I want to ask you is Jody and Linda. We've been friends with them for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Little known fact, I was really good friends with one of Linda's daughters in high school. We were in Mm -hmm. cross country and track together. What about Jody and Linda um, and you, what, what fits like, Mm -hmm. like what's, where do you, where do you see you guys plussing each other? Where do you see, you know, bringing out kind of the best of what you guys need for other trails? I mean, we all have people in our lives or people we've, we're around that, that impress us and that are, you know, they're just obviously special people. Um, I think, you know, kind of anybody that's around those two kind of get that feeling. Kindness is something, um, kindness is something that I, that I value a lot. This might be getting a little too deep, but my, my mother died of cancer, um, in her young sixties. One thing that I will always carry, carry with me is her just high capacity for kindness she always leaned on kindness, always. So when I'm around people who are exceptionally kind, I'm just drawn to people like that. So, you know, Linda and Jody, like, like literally kind could be in their name. Like they could be their middle name. They're kind people. Not only that, um, you know, Jody and I share a little bit of the, like, uh, that creative mind where we're always thinking and, and uh, kind of daydreaming about what if, what if, what if, or or how, 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 and so we really share that, and uh, and I think I've come to learn too working with Linda here recently that we we share some of the of the thoughtfulness and analytical mindset too that I actually bring from what I used to do um, as a retail manager, and I think we we both worked in corporate environments and. And uh, so I think we kind of can share in that a little bit. But what they've done at other trails um, is is exceptional. They they've they've really created something special. They've figured out a lot. Um, I'm coming into this two years after they started the business, and they've got a lot of the hard stuff figured out. Um, I I couldn't be more fortunate to to enter into this um, partnership um, with you know with where the business is at. But uh, when I go into when I go in in the morning, it's usually Jody and I. Um, they're just they're great folks to work with and great friends, and it's just uh, yeah, it couldn't be a better situation. It, just, it works. Yep, it works well. Um, so just to kind of just throw in, you know, just kind of my observations to to sum things up a little bit. You know, it's over the past few years, there's been kind of an increasing strain on you, you know, at work and. Everybody, everybody deserves the opportunity to be happy in life. Life doesn't come in this pretty package and without getting too deep, obviously. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I, I work for a family-owned company where the culture is amazing. And <clears throat> I work in an industry that I'm very passionate about. And um, I just, I, I couldn't be luckier. I, I love what I do. Um, but juxtaposed to that was, you know, you were the past few years you've, you've struggled. Um, and you know, just, just trying to work through that. And it, it just kind of came to a crescendo of that. It's not a way to live. 
It's, it's not a way to live life. It's not sustainable. So I couldn't be more thankful for this opportunity because this wasn't just, I want to go do anything for you. This wasn't just, I want to go do anything other than what I'm doing. This was carefully thought out and just the right place and the right people at the right time. And I'm both of us, but you know, myself, you know, couldn't be more thankful for, for Jody and Linda and, and, you know, doing everything that they've done to, to give you the opportunity. Um, but I think it was two or three days after you started at other trails, a friend texted in a group text and just said, it's really good to see Phil smile again. And that's kind of been the theme of the last two weeks. He's not the only one that's noticed that. And I just get little comments from people. And um, I'll, I'll say that again myself. Like, our, our time outside of work is lighter now. It just, mm-hmm. it just is. So um, that's something that I've seen over uh, in the short two weeks since, since this is, has, uh, has come about in life. So, um, you know, with that said going to turn the tables on you, Phil. I'm going to put you on the spot. And uh, let's, I'm going to ask you to share your nugget. Uh-oh. You know, when we started this, uh, I didn't even think about the fact that I would have to share a nugget. Yep, we're not going to let you out of this one, Phil. Okay. Well, I would kind of go back to never abandon kindness. Kindness is, is a righteous path. And if the path can't be walked down with kindness, any of us should take a hard look at should take a hard look at what it is we're doing. There is something to be said about a feeling, um, a feeling about a momentum in feelings. You know, somewhere in the last year, I felt a momentum change in how I felt and where I was going. I had just decided, even if I hadn't said it out loud, I had just decided that that I was going to bet on myself that I was ready to make a leap. So I would say to share a nugget, when you feel a, an intense internal pull or a feeling or momentum in your feelings, towards like real true momentum um, and, and mindset change, which in our lives, I don't think we go through a lot of mindset changes. We go through when we're kids um, and, and kind of into early adulthood, I think we have mindset changes when we start to reflect on, you know, what our parents have done for us and, and, uh, and kind of how we transition into like adulthood. And I think, you know, there are mindset changes when, when we meet um, our spouses, our partners in life, but there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of like really heavy mindset changes that, that take place in your life. And so I think when they, when they happen or you feel them come on, coming on, you just kind of know. And at some point uh, this year, I just knew that um, I would find a way to make a change. I think because I, goofy as it sounds, 
when you start to believe in yourself, I think you kind of put some energy out into the world and it finds you, right? The, the thing finds you, the, the change finds you. Um, but if you don't allow yourself to, to, to really believe in, in that momentum and that those, those like strong feelings, um, then you, then you really don't put the energy out in the world and you kind of continue to have what you've always had. Not super clear. I know, but I said, say that's, that's my nugget. Like will yourself where you truly want to go. So. All right. Well, Phil, thanks for letting me do the takeover on nuggets and verse. No problem. Um, I don't you know. Did that, good. I don't know that I'm going to make this a, a, a career for myself. I'm going to let you take the podcast back from here, but um, thought it might be fun to turn the tables and interview you and lead you through and talk, talk through your recent change. Well, thank you. So thanks for joining us today, Phil. No problem. <laughs> This episode of Nuggets and Verse was recorded in the hayloft of our beloved Red Barn, just outside of historic Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Be kind and share your nugget.